0: I don't know about you, but coming up to my birthday, I was starting to freak out because I felt like I hadn't achieved anything. And I noticed that so many other people go through this as well, especially when it gets closer to a decade, whether it's their 30s or their 40s or their 50s, I just felt like I hadn't achieved anything. Welcome to the Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for Driven Mofos. And the reason why I do these episodes is that most people complain and think that they're not achieving enough or aren't getting the results that they want in their life or their business, and they consistently go through this inner chaos and this inner turmoil, and they don't get the best out of themselves, both in their personal life and also in their career and business. The reason why I do this is because I want to share information where I can help people out there to live the life that they were born to live that they know deep down inside they really have the capacity and the capability of doing. So I just want to give them the tools to achieve that stuff. So anyway, let's get into it. I was with a friend the other day, and he was talking about he was coming up to his 40s and he was going through this midlife crisis. And he said, you know, I just feel like I haven't achieved anything and I feel really shitty. I'm coming up to my 40s. I'm just not feeling good about life in general. And so I ran him through specifically what I did to knock that out of the park with myself. Now, the reason why this was so important to me, and I guess this is also the reason why I really enjoy helping people and not just helping people, like there's so many coaches out there who say, you know, I just wanna help people. Yeah, but how? Like for me personally, what I know is that I don't really care whether people like me or not. What I care about is that I want to see people progress because I think that progression is the greatest path to self-worth, to self-love, to self-respect, to all of the things that we really desire inside. When I talk to people, I just watch them talk about the dreams that they perceive that they're going to lose in the future or the goals that are going to be unattainable within their life or the reason why they gave up, or the reason why they feel shit about themselves. You know, I'm on the phones every week, and I guess I get to talk to at least most weeks, almost close to 100 people. Some weeks where I have big events, you know, I might get to talk to, I shouldn't say tens of thousands, I get to talk in front of tens of thousands sometimes. You know, I do get to talk to a lot of people. And most people just don't feel like they're achieving what they really want in life. Most people feel like they're off track. Most people are really unclear on what they're trying to achieve. And I don't care whether they're in their 20s, whether they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. It just seems to be a pattern where a lot of people come to me and say, You know, Michael, I just feel really unfulfilled and I'm not sure why. Or I just feel like I'm not getting the results that I want and I'm just unsure why. You know, I'm working my ass off, but I feel like I'm not getting anywhere and I'm unsure why. I just found like when I was younger, the greatest gift that I could give myself was just working hard because I knew that when I worked hard, I felt this sense of achievement at the end of the day. Now, I remember being a, I think at the time I was about 15. And the first time I clicked onto this, really, I remember cleaning. There's a place here, which is a training provider called TAFE SA. And I was a cleaner. I used to go in and clean the TAFE space, the woodworking machine shops. And I would go and sweep up all the woodworking crap off the ground. And I used to clean all the cafeteria and everything like that. So I would work there for about four hours in the middle of the night. If I could get through it faster, I'd normally leave early, but it would have been like you know three hours. And it was maybe a couple of nights a week or something from what I remember. And I just remember that if I went harder and pushed myself harder, I actually achieved things faster. And when I did that, I got to have an early night. So I would just work my ass off and I'd be pissing like, I shouldn't say pissing sweat, but like I just had sweat just coming out of my like body, just sweating in my head all of this stuff. And before I was a pretty lazy kid, like I was fairly complacent and I never really pushed myself that hard. I thought, you know, the harder that I work, I get to go home early. And because I was still going to school and everything like that, I think I would start at like 11 o'clock at night or one o'clock in the morning and I'd work for like three hours or so. And then I would end up going home, having a couple of hours sleep and then go to school. So that was the job that I had. And so I related this sense of achievement and self-worth to working harder. And then as I started entering the workforce, the proper workforce, I realized that there was a direct correlation between my self-worth and how hard I pushed myself and how hard I worked and the challenges that I gave to myself and the challenges that I overcame. And at first, I always thought about was competing with others. So in my 20s, it was like, I want to be rich. I want to have a super yacht. I want to have a massive house. You know, I want to have supercars. And I would go to all these motivation events and it was like, I'm there because I want to have all this shit. But I didn't realize that it wasn't about that. It was about my own self growth. I mean, it was about self growth going to those events when I was younger as well, in my 20s. Well, there was part of me that grew up thinking that I was just gonna be a piece of shit, really, because, you know, I had parents who didn't really come from much. My mum had me at 17, dad was 19. We lived in a lower socioeconomic area back in the time, like now it's a lot nicer, but we didn't have a lot of money. I used to go to school, my parents couldn't afford basketball shoes and shit for me. I always got sent to nice schools, so my parents worked, dad worked two jobs. And I always went to like a private school, apart from some gaps there where I went to public schools when we moved house and so on. My parents struggled financially. So for me growing up, I just didn't really think that I would get anywhere in life up until probably about 15. I was always put into special classes or kicked out of class for talking too much or whatever. So I didn't really give myself a big chance. I started believing myself around about 15 or so where I was going to end my life and I thought you know, I can't please everybody else. I just have to please myself. And that was the night that everything sort of shifted and changed for me where I was gonna end my life after I'd been expelled from school. Progressing to my twenties, I just worked really, really, really hard. And I was pushing myself hard. At the time I'd had a personal training business that went really, really well. But then I walked away with nothing because I had a spending problem. And so I would just work my ass off, make all this money. And then I'd just go out and spend like, you know, back in the day, we're talking like, what now? Almost 20 years ago, where I would go out and spend like a thousand bucks or twelve hundred bucks on a night out with the boys, where I'd ring them up and they'd go, we don't have any money. And I'm like, that's all right, I got you back. And then I would just take them all out and we'd all party. And so I would blow all this cash and I never got ahead. And so coming up to my 30s, I just remember my mum ringing me up and saying, Michael, what do you want to do? Like it's, you know, you're coming up to 30 and my mum's this sort of person and so is Jess, my wife, right? They both celebrate life. So Jess, every birthday that she has, she's like, what are we doing for my birthday? And she gets all excited about her birthday. Whereas when I come up to my birthdays, I'm like, leave me the fuck alone. Don't talk to me. I just want to sit in my office. I just want to get work done. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. Like I was a miserable fucker. That's the only way of describing me. I don't know if anyone else relates to this shit out there. Even from a young kid, I really didn't celebrate birthdays much. I remember having my 18th and having like two friends come over. That was about it. And even then, I didn't want to celebrate it. I just remember sitting there feeling super lonely because I'd invited a whole bunch of people and two people rocked up. It probably wasn't until my 20s that I started partying hard and running amok and doing crazy shit. But anyway, my mum she rings me up and she said, what are you going to do for your birthday? And I was like, leave me alone. Like, I've just got too much work on. And at the time, this business now hadn't taken off. So here I am working my ass off. We hadn't got any traction. I want to travel around the country and speak and speak on these large stages. And I'm just thinking, fuck this. Like, this is just shit. By the time I was 30, I was expecting to be married. I won't say have kids, but, you know, be married, big house, cars, boats, be able to travel the world in style as well. I'm not talking like backpacking. I'm talking like, you know, I want to stay in nice hotels and all those things. And here I am, we've got no money in the bank. Business that year, I think made like 80,000 bucks. And I'd convinced Jess, my now wife, to quit her corporate career to come and work with me. And we were struggling bad. I was eating like baked beans and eggs all the time. So when my mum rang up, I was just, I felt this sinking feeling in my guts. And I was like, just everyone, leave me alone. And I don't know, like, you know, some people say maybe you're depressed or whatever. I don't know. I don't call it to me when you think about being depressed. Depressed means less than or lower than. And maybe my emotions were lower than, I don't really know, but I don't like to label myself with stuff because the more that you do that, the more you confine yourself to those labels. I wasn't like that. So yeah, she's like, you got to do something. It's your thirtieth. It's a great milestone and all this. And then Jess is coming up to me and she's going, you know, we got to celebrate. We got to do something for your birthday. And I'm like, number one, we don't have any money. Number two, I've pulled you into this fucking shithole of a business that we can't get off the ground. Like, what do I have to celebrate? Like, look at what I've done in my life. I haven't achieved anything. A lot of my friends are like married and kids. And at that time as well, I had a lot of friends that I was hanging out with who were like multimillionaires and all of this sort of stuff. One of my friends at the time was worth like a couple hundred million dollars. And I'm just thinking like, I'm a piece of shit. Anyway, my mum and dad came over for my birthday and they bought myself and Jess a ticket to Bali. And at the time, I hadn't been on a holiday since I was like 21. Not a proper holiday overseas or anything like that anyway. I might have been on a couple of like road trips with the boys or something like that. But I hadn't been on a proper holiday for ages. And so they said, you know, you need to go. And I'm like, fuck going to Bali. I'd never been there before. And I'm like, fuck going to Bali. I don't want to go to this shithole like third world country. Screw this. You know, was just one of those miserable bastards. I don't know if anyone else feels like this. Like... Shoot me a message on any of my social media platforms because I would love to know have you gone through this as well for any of your birthdays or when you've clicked over from, you know, 20s to 30s or 30s to 40s or 40s to 50s or whatever? I would love to hear from you. Like, have you ever felt like this on your birthdays? Because I speak to a lot of friends and they're going through the same thing. They're coming up to 40 or they've just clicked over to 40 and they feel the same way. This is how I felt when I was 30. Ended up going to Bali, had a great time. And then from there, I think I went to Bali at least, you know, one to three times a year, every year for the last like, eight years until COVID hit, but yeah, I just wanted to avoid birthdays. And then I guess most of my 30s as well, every time I'd click over to another year, I didn't really feel the need to celebrate anything. And it wasn't until last year, I found something really interesting. It was coming up to Jess's birthday and she's like, what are we doing for my birthday? And she gets really excited like a little kid again. In fact, for Easter, I still go and hide Easter eggs so that Jess could go and find them because she just celebrates things. She celebrates life. She's an amazing person. Like She just celebrates things when she needs to, that's what she enjoys. So, anyway, coming up to her birthday, and we're having a chat, and she's like, What are we going to do? And blah, blah, blah. And I said, Jess, can I ask you a question? Like, why do you celebrate birthdays? And she said, Michael, because why not celebrate? I've been alive for another year. Like, there's been so much stuff that's happened, both good and bad. I want to celebrate that year and know that my life is fun. And like, I'm not celebrating what I haven't achieved, I'm celebrating all the things that I've gone through over the last year. And I was like, hmm. So anyway, later that week, I was getting my haircut, and I was talking to my hairdresser who might be watching this, Steph. And so anyway, we're just having a chat and I was telling him this and he's like, no shit. He said, I go through the same thing. Now this is, I think he's 20 or 21. And he's like, I go through the same thing where I don't even like celebrating birthdays. My dad doesn't like celebrating birthdays or my brothers don't like celebrating birthdays. And he goes, all I think about is all the things that I haven't done and all the things that I haven't achieved. And I was like, bingo, there's a difference. Jess celebrates her life because it's a celebration of everything that she's endured that year. Whereas all I thought about was all the things that I hadn't achieved, all the things that I hadn't done, comparing myself to others. And I wondered why I was a miserable bastard at birthdays. So that was number one. But number two, I want to run you through what I did to crack the feeling of going through a midlife crisis. So I think the average life expectancy in Australia at the moment is about 83.8 or something like that last time I checked, but it may go up. It goes down sometimes. But let's just say the average life expectancy is 84. It's a little bit lower for males. I think it's a little bit higher for females. But it's around about 80, 82 to 84, 85 or something like that. Anyway, I know that this is about midlife, right? So 40 is about midlife in Australia. Different countries around the world, it's slightly different. But yeah, so anyway, I'm coming up to my 40s. I turned 39 this year. And I was just sitting there just thinking like, shit, I'm still working my ass off. I'm pushing hard. Haven't achieved anything like this is crazy. I'm still pushing hard to try to create financial independence. Like I'm not far away, but I'm still not there yet. And I just started getting really, really, really down on myself. And I was going to bed at nighttime thinking about it, you know, and you just start to pick up different things. It's that there's a part of the brain where it's called the reticular activating system. And what it does is it looks for things that we look for. So if you think that everyone's an asshole, you'll keep meeting assholes and bringing them into your life just to try to prove that your point's right. It's a confirmation bias where you're very biased to things that you wanna confirm to be true. So we have this reticular activating system where we see things that we take notice of, I guess. So you'll know this, it's like the new car thing where you go and buy a new car, you get it in the color that you want, maybe you buy, buy a color that you haven't seen a lot around. But as you start driving that car, or once you get that car, you start driving around, you notice that there's way more of those cars, way more in the color, And you're like, shit, everyone seems to have this car. That's that reticular activating system switching on in the brain to show you things that you already believe to be true and reconfirm things. And it makes you more aware. So anyway, I guess I'm looking for all these reasons why I haven't achieved anything, all these reasons why I'm getting older, going to bed at nighttime thinking, you know, maybe I'm off track with my life. Maybe like there's bigger things that I should be doing that maybe I need to do. And like I do some pretty cool stuff, like some of the investments that I have and Some of the deals that I do with some of my clients and stuff is great. Like it's probably in the top 1%. But at the same time, I still don't think I'm achieving much because I have friends that have achieved more than me at younger ages. So there I am comparing myself to them. And these are the human behavior patterns. And this is why I love doing this stuff because I get to use myself as a crash test dummy to figure out how to help others. I was going through this for a couple of months. And then I thought, how do I crack this pattern? Because what I know about human behavior is that everything is neutral until we judge it. Everything is neutral, like our brain is neutral until we start looking for disadvantages over advantages or benefits over drawbacks. And so we start to create these imbalances in our brain, not because the imbalance is there, just because our perception is that way in the way that we see it. And I go through this in advance at our Thrive Time event because this here is a game changer. And once I started showing this to health professionals, to other coaches, to people who work with other people, And then also to other driven people around the place who want to achieve more and want to get the best out of themselves. The feedback's been phenomenal because you don't get taught this, even in other personal development events and even in a lot of psychology courses and stuff, you don't get taught this stuff. But our perceptions create biases and every second of every day, we're creating confirmation, disconfirmation biases in our own psyche, which then makes us mentally and emotionally imbalanced. And so if we believe that people take advantage of us, we'll keep seeing the world that way. But at the same time, that's an imbalance in the brain that we have. And that reconfirmation bias will keep creating loops to give us feedback and make us feel like shit, so that then we change our perception eventually and neutralize it which then helps us to grow i'll get into more of this at our thrive time event if you ever want to come along or whatever you know i think it's probably one of the most amazing personal development events you ever go through or personal growth events if you do want to achieve at your highest level but the thing is that because there are a lot of people out there who look for perfection not progression you know, when I talk about this stuff, there's a lot of people who think, well, why would I come to an event if you have these peaks and troughs? Well, the truth is that if I didn't have this stuff, I don't know where I would be. At 15, I was kicked out of school, put in a special classes, all of that stuff. I left my diesel mechanic career at like 20, 21. Most of my friends were drinking alcohol every night. Some of those old friends still do. My best friend ended up in jail All of those things, when I have a look at what I've accomplished now, I go, shit, I wouldn't be the same person I am today. It's not about the perfection thing because that's what a lot of people sell, right? They give you the perception that if you just positive all the time, positive things happen. Well, any intelligent human being knows that that's bullshit because there's plenty of times where you are in a positive mindset, yet shit still keeps going wrong. So if you just stop and you look, you go, well, hang on, what's going on there? So the people who consistently look for perfection are easily manipulated and sold ideas and courses That then reinforce that, that one day you'll overcome all of your negative beliefs. Fucking bullshit. I work with people that are billionaires and they still have a lot of negativity. I work with some of the highest performers around the world and they still have negativity. So if they had access to some of the best coaches in the world and some of the best knowledge in the world and some of the best people in the world, why is it that they still have negativity if the whole idea of getting rid of your negativity works. And the truth is it doesn't work. It's a bullshit idea and a myth that's sold to people. And the more that people keep trying to get it, the more that they want it. It's almost like selling crack to a drug addict, right? They're just going to keep getting it and getting it and getting it. And so most people are on this drive to try to create this positive mindset or this positive idealism or this peace in their mind. You know, the amount of people that I've seen who have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars traveling all around the world, trying to find inner peace and still aren't there. And they've gone and studied under the spiritual gurus and fucking climb the Himalayas and all that shit, all trying to look for peace. Yet all that happens is the more peaceful that they try to become, the more crazy their mind becomes. And so it creates this vicious cycle. They might have all this external chaos and it creates internal chaos, but then when they're trying to find peace and they escape, that feeling will last for maybe a week. Like I can go on holidays, my mind's peaceful for a couple of days or a week because I'm like, shit, I get to chill out now. But after a while, my brain starts to kick back in and goes, go and do shit, go and achieve things, go and get stuff done. Like, because your brain and just all living animals, all living organisms wanna evolve and grow and progress. And the way that we do that is through stress and pressure. So if we're not consistently taking on stress and pressure, then we're not growing. And if you don't grow, you die or you de-evolve. And that's what happens to most people. So, you know, we get sold all these myths and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not here to sell you that stuff. What I'm here to is to tell people the truth about how they can progress and get the best out of themselves because that's where they're going to get the greatest fulfillment, but also the greatest self-worth, self-love, self-respect. And over time you look back at your life and go, you know what? I actually pushed hard. Like, you know, a lot of my friends that I grew up with Haven't achieved, some of them have, but a lot of them haven't achieved what I've achieved and come as far as I have. And so when I look back, I go, shit, where would I be without this stuff? I don't think I'd be anywhere even close. So that's why I teach this stuff. But anyway, so what I did was I came downstairs, you know, at home and I sat down and I really thought about the whole midlife crisis things. And I was like, what's going on in the brain? What are the imbalances? And I really thought through this. And I was like, I'm seeing all the disadvantages in my life and not the benefits. I'm seeing all the things I haven't achieved, not the things that I have. So I thought, what's a tool that I can create where I can go through and start to balance and neutralize all this stuff out so that coming up to my birthday, I actually realize how much I've done. Like I've been around for 39 years, coming up to 40 years. I work really, really hard and have done for at least 20 years. So if that's the case, there must be a lot of achievements. There must've been a lot of learning. So let's go find them. So what I did, if you're watching this on YouTube now, or if you're watching this via video, you'll actually see how I've done it. If you're listening to this on audio, you can always jump across to the YouTube channel, which if you just go to YouTube and type in, Michael Mojo, it'll come up with a page and you can watch this episode or you know, scroll through it or whatever and you'll be able to see how I've done it. But what I did was I wrote on a piece of paper, I wrote on there zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40. What that is is every decade of my life. And then I sat there for probably you know an hour to two hours. And I thought of every achievement, no matter how big or how small, and i documented it and it didn't matter whether it was like little things like well i learned how to ride a push bike i used to race bmx bikes when i was a young kid to a teen and i thought i remember going down to the park with at the time my best mate rocco and we used to go on train together and we would ride on the grass and things like that and have you know 100 meter sprints on the bike on the grass because it made it a lot harder to ride so things like that i went well that's an achievement in itself You know, the achievement that I actually finished high school, even though I got kicked out, that was an achievement in itself. The fact that I didn't kill myself when I was 15, that was an achievement. And so I just started listing all these achievements. And what I did was I didn't write them so I could see them. I just wrote over the top of each other because I didn't have to see it. I just had to write it so that my brain acknowledged that it was an achievement. Now, the interesting thing was that when I started doing this, more and more achievements started popping out of my brain over and over and over again. I learned how to read. You know, the fact that I stopped reading and i didn't even really like reading but then i retaught myself as an adult how to read again but maybe that was because i was criticized and put in a special class and i remember this one day i was reading at school and there was a girl that i liked this was in about grade five and i remember stuttering and in that moment i just like shut down and i stopped reading because i just felt embarrassed but after that i just didn't read and so even at school at high school i would read the first couple of chapters I would read the last couple and sort of piece everything together. I avoided reading as much as I could. And it wasn't until maybe my 20s again, mid 20s. Actually, in my early 20s, I was reading, but I was reading really, really slow. In my later 20s, I learned how to speed read and I learned how to really help myself with reading again. I taught myself how to reread. So all of those little achievements I kept putting down, I've met Jess, You know, I've gone through a lot of shit with her. So I went through all the times where we'd overcome huge problems and huge issues in our relationship and they were all achievements you know, the friendships that I had created, all of those things, I just kept writing more and more and more and more and more. And so it wasn't always about the, you know, buying the supercar and the big house and blah, blah. It wasn't about those achievements. It was all the little achievements that led to those things. Now, if you have a look, what I realized was that every decade, there's more and more achievements. Once that clicked in my brain, so I probably wrote maybe a thousand achievements there, you know, not every decade, but a thousand achievements overall. Once I did that, my brain just clicked and I was like, fucking hell, 40s to 50s is just going to be better. Because every decade I look at, there's more and more things that have been achieved. So in between 40s and 50s, providing that I keep going on the path that I'm on, there should be even more achievements. And that's something to celebrate. What it did was it actually neutralized any feelings that I had about getting older. It neutralized any feelings that I had about not accomplishing things. It neutralized any thoughts that I had about not being good enough or whatever it was. It just neutralized everything. So now when I think about my birthday, I'm like, the next decade is going to be even better. Now, I haven't clicked across the 40 yet. I'm still another year and a bit away yet. I still haven't had my 39th birthday. It's coming up, but I'm not there yet. But I just wanted to share this because I was with a friend the other day, as I mentioned, and he was saying about how he felt like he hadn't achieved anything. Now, when I look at him, he's got a beautiful family. He's married to his beautiful wife, He's got a fairly successful business that's doing a really decent turnover that probably puts himself in the top 1% of income earners in this country. And I think that a lot of high performers and high achievers really forget how much they actually have achieved. And it creates this huge insecurity. Now I know that insecurity drives us, like it drives people. And so there'll be two types of people. I get insecure and I curl up in a ball and I don't do anything in life, or I feel insecure So therefore I work my ass off to try and deal with that insecurity. Now I would assume that being on this podcast, you're the second if that's how you deal with insecurities, where you will push yourself to achieve. So I'm assuming there's a lot of people who are on here who have body image insecurities, just like I do. And so you go to the gym, you exercise, you train, all of those things come because of your own insecurities. But at the same time, if that's what you do, you will start to love training, you'll start to love exercising. But if you don't go to the gym for a while and you start putting on weight, you start to feel insecure again and it will push you to go back to the gym. Now, some people feel that way about money and finances where they work really, really hard because they don't ever want to be put into a situation where maybe they're a kid like I was and never had a lot of money. So therefore, you work really, really hard and you push yourself hard financially to make sure that you never feel like that again. That's an insecurity. But that also creates your drive. I teach this a lot at my events is that, well, really everybody's drive comes from an insecurity of not enough. So if you're driven by money, it's because at some point in your life, money wasn't enough. If you're driven by your body image, it's because at some point you were probably judged or criticized and felt like you weren't good enough. So you went out there and tried to make yourself good enough. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people in our society think that insecurities are a bad thing and we shouldn't have them, we should get rid of them. And then there's a whole bunch of knobheads out there in the personal development and self-growth industry who say, you know, you can get rid of your insecurities, but they're just as insecure as everybody else. I've worked with many, many of them. And I can tell you right now that everybody's insecure. I've never come across someone who's not insecure. And having worked with some of the highest performers on the planet in different industries and different fields, they're all insecure. It's just different people show it in different ways. And when I teach this stuff at Thrive Time, it gives you a huge insight into human behavior and why people behave the way that they do. Normally, it's trying to cover insecurities. And so even if you have a look at someone's achievement, it's normally driven by insecurities. Now, it's not a bad thing. It just depends on how you use it. It's like a gun. You can use it for a benefit. You can use it to shoot something and eat it and feed your family, or you can use it and, you know, shoot your own head off or shoot somebody else. It just depends on how you use it. Those insecurities are essentially how you use it. And for a lot of people, it's a fine line of using it for drive and progression and growth and all that stuff. So you start to push over to the fulfillment side because if you are achieving, you are growing, it'll push you across to that fulfillment side and you'll feel like you're doing something cool in life. If you stop doing it, and you let yourself regress a little bit, that insecurity will kick back in to kick your ass to push you back into gear so that then you go out there and achieve something because that's where your self-worth is. Self-worth isn't given. And this is the dumb thing about this day and age, right? Where kids are oversupported for the idea that they're gonna get self-worth and they're gonna get self-love and they get self-respect and all that sort of shit from being oversupported. And the truth is that that's not where it comes from. It comes from overcoming obstacles, overcoming challenges, pushing you against yourself. You know, those days where you can't be bothered going to the gym and you go, fuck it, I'm going anyway. And your brain's like, dude, don't do it. Those days where you go into the gym and you walk out and you go, I'm proud of myself. It's those moments where your self-worth comes from. It's those moments in business where you're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. This is just too hard. This sucks. I'm melting down here. And you have a little bit of a sleep and you wake up the next day and you're like, you know, fuck it, let's go again. They're those moments that self-worth comes and self-belief and self-love and self-respect. It does not come from being oversupported, And it doesn't come from everyone telling us how great we are. It comes from you battling against you. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I guess this is a bit of a deep episode, but you know, just hearing my friend the other night talk about this stuff, I realized that I probably needed to do this podcast because there's probably a lot of people out there who go through this and not just at a midlife, whether it's their 40s or their 50s or whatever. I've realized that there was a lot of younger people out there as well. And I went through it in my 20s. So, you know, I'm assuming that there's lots of people out there who resonate with this as well. And if you have, please just shoot me a message on social media. I would love to hear from you. Like, how many people out there really feel like this and go through these stages? I've noticed it's a lot more common with males and females, but there's also a lot of females that I speak to who also feel like this as well. So I would love to hear from you. Hop on any of my social media pages, MichaelMojo00 on any of the social media platforms. I would love to hear from you. Let me know, have you gone through this? And jump across to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, but also have a look at how I've written it out because you don't have to read it. You just have to write over the top of the achievements and just write it down. Because what it does is from the brain, it takes the thought process and then puts it into an action. And then that action reinforces the learning and the pattern of behavior. So that's why I write things down. I don't just try to keep things in my head because when I do that, my brain just ends up chaotic like most people, if not everybody. So I grab it and I write it down so that then I know that it's out of my head also, it links it in my brain and then my brain gets to learning and it just, boom, it clicks. And so that's how I sort of progressed from this where I went, shit, I have achieved so much. But it's because I wrote it down. If you're listening to this on a podcast app, jump across to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. But also have a look. Just scroll through quickly and have a look at how I've written it down because it will help a lot. Give the task a shot. Jump across to any of my social media platforms. Let me know, number one, have you gone through this? And number two, are you going to do the task? If you've done the task and, you know, even if you shoot me a message afterwards as well, I would love to hear if it changed everything because it changed everything for me. And I also taught this at our most recent Triumph event, which is our leadership event. Now, we get a lot of people who come because they want to lead their family, they want to lead their friends, they want to lead people in business. It's a deep dive seven-day program into creating yourself as a leader. It's not just me teaching. It's like, let's build you into a way better leader. And so we do a lot of work during the event where you'll find that you come in at one level and leave at a completely different level. It's almost like a seven day intensive boot camp. I taught it during that course. And for a lot of the people there, they said it just completely shifted the way that they felt about themselves, but it also shifted their ability to switch off because most people's chaotic minds come from those crazy thoughts of I'm not doing enough, I'm not achieving enough, I'm not good enough. Whereas when you do this here, what it will do is it'll just silence everything. You go, you know what, there's so much more to go, but at the same time I've done so much. So then you become the controller it's not that internal dialogue that controls you and then you end up out of control and erratic. And I also find a lot of driven people normally run on this high level anxiety where it's almost like they're impatient, they're skitsing out all the time, but that's also the thing that holds them back from achieving more. And until we neutralize that, a lot of people keep changing their mind, switching things, You know, especially if they're business owners, they're pointing out everything, shit, this needs to change, this has to be done and so they have to control everything, this task here will switch all that off if you do it well enough. Jump across to my social media platforms, MichaelMojo00. I would love to hear from you. Shoot me a private message. And also, I want to say a massive thank you to all of those who have been subscribing, liking, sharing these podcasts. I really, really do appreciate it. It has kept me driving. We're almost close to 100 episodes. I'm super stoked to hit 100. I actually didn't think that we would get to 100. I thought, you know what? No one will listen to this stuff. I probably won't follow through it. And just every week, it keeps going up. So... I really do appreciate all of those, all of you out there who've been sharing this and telling other people about it. I know that there's a lot of tradies out there that have been telling their other tradie mates who are business owners or who are driven to run a business about this podcast. I've heard of a lot of people who work in corporate business and executives who have been sharing this with some of their friends as well. It's been really great. And it's been really great to hear your feedback as well on the social media platforms about what you like, you know, how we can improve the podcast as well, some of the topics that you want me to cover. I really do appreciate it, and it has been amazing to see the growth of this, and I didn't think it would go so well. Maybe I should have thought it would have gone well, but I didn't know. There are so many podcasts out there today. I just want to do this because I want to share great information. I don't really want to hold back and try and sell your shit. I just want to be able to get out there and help because I really do believe that most people waste their life, and I really don't want people in our community to be those people. I want us to thrive and excel. This is the reason why I also created the Driven MoFo community, which is, you know, inside a community. But you're all part of the driven mofos now. So, you know, I created that because we are driven and the rules of the game are completely different for driven people than people that give up. And most of our society supports people who maybe give up or, you know, are always down and out. There's not a lot of support out there for people who just want to go hard and push hard and be better and do the best that they can. And then as you start to do that anyway, a lot of people try to pull you down. And I want this community to not be that. I want this to be the cheer squad for you to be the best that you can be and get out there and fucking crush it because... Life short. Sure. I just want to share information that helps you to keep winning. Anyway, I hope that helps, driven mofo. I don't want to get too sloppy and you know go off track. Anyway, I hope this helps, driven mofos. I really do appreciate all of you sharing this with your friends and all of that sort of stuff. The numbers every week just keep going up and up and up, and so I really do appreciate it. Anyway, driven mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking massive goals. I hope that this helps, and I look forward to hearing you on any of our social media platforms when you send me a message. Have a great day.